Yeah, what's better than a brand new edition of Village Vice? He's Zach Blackerby. <laughs> I'm pumped that our guy's coming back. I could tell. Man, I could tell. That's great. Yeah, Rivaldo Fairweather announced Monday he is coming back. He will be a part of that 2024 Auburn football team. And uh, that's a big piece. That's a big piece. And we will talk about the impact of this. I think impact number one, though, Zach, is that he doesn't have to be the primary weapon at wide receiver. And I think that's the big headline in all this is Rivaldo kind of, kind of, by default, became the number one option. And in 2024, he will not have to be. Yeah, yeah, and he was. He was the number one option. He led Auburn in receiving yards with 349. He led Auburn in receptions with 33. He was the number one guy. And that's with him kind of taking a little bit of time to get going offensively. I don't think he had anything in the first game of the season. And so the fact that he morphed into this pretty impressive playmaker, I think, was great. I still think Auburn used him inconsistently during stretches. And then when they did go to him a lot in the, like in the iron bowl, you know, he, he didn't quite live up to that. He can have that same stat line next year and be the second or third best option in the, in the passing game. And he looks better doing it. Um, you know, Peyton Thorne looks better doing it. Hugh freeze looks better calling it. Everything kind of falls into place and that's where you want things to be. So props to him for seeing the vision because I think he would have been drafted. There's diff, there's different opinions on him out there, but I think he would have been drafted if he were to go to the NFL. But he, he could. I mean, he still yeah. could, you know, take another step forward and get five or 600 yards next year, Brad. I'm, I'm not ready to, like, predict that. But if you told me, if you came back from the future in a time machine, because you're so smart and you built your own time machine, and said, hey, Rivaldo actually had 750 and scored six touchdowns again for the second straight season, I would be like, huh, okay, cool. Like, it, it wouldn't shock me. Yeah, The time machine, though, the time machine would shock me. It would shock you. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know what? They did a whole movie franchise on time machines and going back to the past and, and then back to the future, actually, because they went to the past initially. Are sure. you familiar with those? Never seen them. Never seen the back to the future. Any of them? Not, None not of even them. a little? None of them. Not the one where he gets the future book of who's won all the World Series championships and they predict the Miami Marlins way before they were a thing? Never. No. Okay. No. All right. Uh, all right. Rivaldo Fairweather had eight games of three catches or more last year. Does he have fewer, less, or the same number of three reception games in 2024, in your opinion? That's tough because mm -hmm. I could see him being used more as a checkdown option this upcoming season with Cam Coleman and Perry Thompson. We assume they'll sign on Wednesday, hopefully, stretching the field a little bit. So I'm not entirely sure. That's a great question, Brad. I'm stalling. I'm going to say he has less. I'm going to say he has less. Right. Uh, you? I, yeah, I, I tend to think so. Like I, that stat line, 33 catches, 349 yards, six touchdowns. Wouldn't totally shock me if the touchdowns were the same or more just yes. because of where they use him and when they use him. Um, but the number of receptions in the yardage wouldn't shock me if it was less again, just because you've got all these other options. And, you know, I don't know that he plays out wide as much in mm. 24. He's he's probably closer to the line more so than he was in 23 because you do have those new guys coming in. And we have no idea what this receiving core is going to look like. I think they're going to get another transfer. And mm. then do they just say, you know what? We're going to deal with growing pains. We're just going to play all these freshmen. 
which wouldn't shock me. Also wouldn't shock me if they wanted to stick with the older guys too. So we have no clue what the passing game is going to look like. But here is something that we know. Auburn's offense last year, it was bad. It was mm -hmm. bad for most of the season. And so normally, and we'll get to this point on Village Vice probably around June or July, Brad, where we talk about, like, okay, 1,000-yard receiver, you know, what are these projections? And we start, like, putting, oh, well, this guy, maybe he can get 1,000 yards, or this guy can get 800 yards, this guy can get 500 yards. And it's like, well, hold on. How many yards are there to go around? And when we look at, okay, well, this guy did this in 2023 for Auburn, I think the jump that Auburn's going to have just as a total offense from 2023 to 2024 is going to be substantial. Mm -hmm. And so to say that some of these guys could like literally double their production, we're talking about Auburn's leading receiver from last year. Yeah. Like the fact that he could double his production and it doesn't sound outlandish. I think that kind of shows where we were at a year ago. And so Rivaldo Fairweather knows that you mm -hmm. always talked about that with Hugh freeze. Um, so, you know, he may not have, was it eight games with three or more catches? He may not yeah. have that, but it wouldn't shock me if he didn't have that, but he had five games where he had 100 yards, right? Like, I, I don't think that would be a crazy thing for Ovaldo Fairweather in yeah. 2024. I'm, I'm fascinated to see where he falls on the targets list. You know, is he first? Is he second? Is he third? Is he fourth? I can't imagine him slipping beyond that just because of the, the, the way he can present matchup problems for a defense in terms of number of targets. Who's the biggest factor in that? Is it Jay Fair deciding if he's going to come back or not? Is it how they use the running backs? Maybe Jarquez Hunter could get more targets and catches just because we saw more of that down the stretch when Auburn's offense was performing yeah. at a higher level. Is it one of the freshmen? That, that comes in and they're just so good and you can't stop throwing the ball to Cam Coleman. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Or is the variable is the biggest variable Rivaldo Fairweather in all of this? I'm not sure. What do you think? So it's a good question. I, I tend to think it's the freshman receivers. It's the other the group of receivers as a whole, whether it's trans I don't know that there is a single factor, but maybe more so just a, a factor in general of trying to use guys on the outside and throw 50-50 throw ball. I think you see a greater number of 50-50 balls thrown to your outside receivers, assuming those guys can make plays at a higher rate than they did in 2023. And, of course, you know, Rivaldo is a factor in that. So in a red zone situation, maybe you continue to split him out wide. on one. You put him on one side and you put a Cam Coleman on the other side. Mm -hmm. what, do you, what do you do defensively? Yeah, you, you double Cam Coleman and you just man coverage everybody else, probably. But we'll we'll see. We'll see yeah. what Cam Coleman is as a true freshman. And, and I'm with you with the 50-50 balls and all of that because I think Thorne's timing with some of these guys is good. He, he's shown that he can nail the back shoulder throws. It's mm -hmm. just a lot of the times he would hit guys in the hands and they would drop it, right? Yeah. I mean, we're all thinking about you know the one to Malcolm um, in the Georgia game. And it's like, sure, yes, the Georgia defender made a play. But like, okay – our receivers can make plays too. Like they're allowed to make plays. I'm just tired of that argument of, well, yeah. it was good defense. Like what about good offense? Can we have a good offensive play too? Like it's not, it's more than just throwing the ball and somebody catching it. Sometimes you got to, sometimes it's yeah. tough. Sometimes it's tough. And I think Cam Coleman and Perry Thompson and some of these guys come in, will do that. And we saw Rivaldo yes. Fairweather do that too. Like we saw him do it against Cal. That was kind of his coming out party. Right. And we saw him make some impressive plays in the end zone and, you know, add to those six touchdowns and all of that.
just we need more consistency less yeah. drops more consistency and um I, I think we'll get more of that in 24. yeah and i think that's where it comes from this higher degree of confidence that the guys that are coming in yes will go make those plays i mean you saw the in 23 uh, guys had opportunities to make plays and Hugh Freeze right. wasn't slow to, you know, challenge those receivers and say, look, it's the SEC. You have to go make tough plays. That's a part of it. There's going to be good. You're going to have a five-star cornerback or a four-star safety trying to, to uh, disrupt things and dislodge the ball. That's happening every time. Yeah. So that's why they're called half the time. You got to rip the ball away. The guy makes a play 50% of the time, you go, okay, he won that 50-50 ball. But it's called a 50-50 ball because the other half of the time, you go get it. Right. So Right. And uh, I just think there's a higher degree of confidence that that happens next year. You know, I think confidence can impact lots of things. And you can go to mybookie.ag with a bunch of confidence. Because we're sending you, just use promo code next round, you'll already make money. They'll put extra money in whenever you make that first deposit. Uh, mybookie.ag, use promo code next round. I'm still, I, I've said it for weeks now at this point, Brad. I am eyeing Auburn minus two and a half in Music City Bowl against Maryland. Yeah. I just am. I feel good about it. Get that line before Talia Tagovailoa potentially opts out. Go yeah. ahead and jump on it because that line will move. Um, <laughs> they're starting They're protest. starting to be that murmur campaign too, by the way. That's, that's becoming a discussion point that that may happen. Yeah. And it won't stay two and a half if that does happen to Zach. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, he he's worth several points. So head over to mybookie.ag right now. Use promo code next round to get a little extra cheddar on top of whatever you throw in there. And oh, boop. That's it. That's it. That's the free money uh at mybookie.ag coming in. All right, Auburn, of course, landed a transfer right after we posted our video on Sunday, yeah. which we predicted. We sure did. We, we were correct. Yeah. Gage Keys, the former Kansas and the former Minnesota defensive lineman. Rotational piece everywhere that he's been. I expect him to be a rotational piece here at Auburn. And some people roll their eyes at that. It's like, oh my gosh, we're getting a guy that couldn't start at Kansas. Like, stop it. This is a win-win situation mm -hmm. where he wanted to get in a better situation for him to make it to the NFL, which is reasonable. There's That is a reasonable thing to want. He's probably taken care of more uh, at Auburn versus Kansas and Minnesota. And also, Auburn needs depth pieces on the defensive line. Like, this isn't a bad pickup. It's not a flashy one. Yeah. But this is one that I think is a better situation for Gage Keys. And I also think it makes Auburn's defensive line room better just because there's more guys in the room. It makes sense to me. Yeah. No, I, I agree. He was a terrific uh, high school player. All I mean, obviously, these guys don't get these, these uh, offers if they're not. He's from Ohio, right? Yeah, he's from Ohio, from Hilliard, Ohio. I don't know much about Hilliard. 6'5", 290. That's outstanding size. Um, he's going to draw the Marcus Harris comparisons because they both are coming from Kansas. Marcus came from Kansas. Now, Marcus was a um, – he, he, he's not 6'5", and he's from an hour away at Pike Road. So this isn't a guy coming back home. This is a guy doing all the things you just mentioned. He's coming to a place that will help. Probably it'll help prepare him better for the NFL, take care of him from an NIL standpoint, and he will compete against – he'll compete at the very highest level. And he'll yeah. get to be a part of some, you know, really special games. These And he's a sophomore, so he's got, what, a couple of years or three years left uh, to, to complete his eligibility. So, yeah, what we talked about Sunday was you don't necessarily need a guy to come in and fill 60 snaps a game. Right. You, you need a guy who can give you, what, 12, 15 
snaps in a ball game, a depth piece. And Auburn has that engaged keys. And if he develops into more of that, Marcus Harris wasn't a 60 snap guy. His first season at Auburn wasn't, wasn't designed to be that Don't kind of guy. So if Gage grows into that, Don't wonderful. It. No, it's not the same player. Not the same player. Just because they're from Kansas doesn't mean they're yeah. going to be a pro player. That's all I'm saying. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Um, do you know, speaking of Hilliard, Ohio, do you know why it's called that? Why they named it that? Because it's hilly. Close. Hills. The first guy who uh, settled there built a house for his family. And his son asked him, Dad, what are we calling this place? And he looked, and there was a hill in his yard. So they went with that. <clears throat> I don't know that I believe that. I made it up. Oh, okay. I made it up. All right. Yep. That's not it, real. It sounded made real. up. Sounded if made up. If you bought it, comment down below. I'm genuinely curious. Okay. So. I, I think general expectations here is he's going to play the three. I've read several places that he could play the one, which is your nose guard, and then yeah. your defensive tackle role. I don't know if I'm buying this guy's a nose guard. He, he, I don't think he quite. I think he would have to gain a little bit of weight, which I'm, which they could do, right? They could totally put ten or fifteen pounds on this guy by the time the season starts. I just, sure. that's just not what he's done at his previous two stops. So I'm a little skeptical on that front, but we'll see. I, I think he's a defensive tackle. If you want to go heavy, maybe you could put him at defensive end if you wanted to scoot some other guys out and do some creative things yeah. in a short yardage situation or something like that. But to me, I think he's going to be a backup defensive tackle, and we'll see who's starting mm -hmm. in that role when it's all said and done. Yeah, and how many total, I mean, how many tackles do you rotate? Does Auburn feel good enough to rotate three tackles next year? I think they want to. Yeah. I don't know if the guys... I mean, let's just look at Auburn's defensive line room right now. So right now, we don't know the status of Justin Rogers. Mm -hmm. Kind of think he's not going to be here next year. I don't have any inside info. It's just a gut feeling. Uh, but if he comes back, I do think that changes his conversation some. Then okay. you've got Gage Keys, Jason Jones, and Zeke Walker. Which, all right, Jason's okay. your nose right now. We'll see. Apparently, he's played some three technique um, in practice on Sunday. We'll see what that looks like in the bowl game if that's just uh Yeah. That's that's an interesting aside. Do we see Jason Jones and Justin Rogers side by side? We did last Maryland? spring. Yeah. We did last spring, and then all these reports about Rogers kind of taking a while to come along. The it sounds like they had to keep Jason at nose. And then you've got Quintrail, Jamison Travis, who was a, a pretty solid JUCO kid a year ago. Uh, he came in late, though. I think he came in at the end of the summer. So now that he's got an offseason under him, can he? could he play that three technique? We'll see. Keldrick Falk, staying at defensive end, even though he continues to gain weight, they may, probably can move him around there. Darren Reed is a guy that a lot of Auburn fans are pumped about, but you know, another year of development. What does Darren yeah. Reed look like? And then you've got Malik Blockton, TJ Lindsay, and as it currently says, Dimitri Nicholas, all committed, expected to sign yeah. on Wednesday. So... There's not a whole lot of star power in that room outside of Keldrick Falk. No, you're right. Now it, it could be, you know, it group effort. If however you get your, I don't know, 75 snaps or so on average a game defensively, wherever those come from, whatever it takes to make it work. Um, yeah, there's a lot. I I think you're right though. There's a lot of Tetris pieces that still have to fall in place for us I to think be so. able to, yeah, yeah, to to lay that out. Hey, do you want to talk? I know this. I'm just kind of throwing this at you. We didn't talk about this ahead of time, but. Um, Keontae Scott announced today, a part of a media session, that he is moving to corner. 
Yeah. You want to get into that later in the week, or do you want to add that to the discussion today? Just on the, I can talk about it now. I'm surprised by this, Brad. I I thought they were going to keep him there. So it, I wonder if that changes. I wonder what, if that changes what you want to do from a personnel standpoint, or if they think Kay and Lee's not quite ready to be that guy on the opposite side. I don't know. They're pursuing corners in the Mm -hmm. portal. And I assume they were doing that because they wanted to keep Keontae at nickel. Yeah. But, you know, him him kind of moving to the outside, it makes you think, okay, if they get A.J. Harris, who seems to be a priority target, the former five-star corner that picked George over Auburn, now he he was in Auburn visiting. He's in the portal now. He, he was in Auburn visiting this past weekend, and it sounds like everything went well. Like, if they get him, are your starters at corner Harris and Scott, and then Kay and Lee's the, the, the backup guy again? Like, that's a crazy situation yeah. to be in. So... Um, it, it surprised me just because of the way the roster currently stacks up. Well, and because of the conversation about all the young guys at corner. Like initially, yeah. the 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 talk was we talked about it a couple of days ago on the show. All those young guys that were going to be in that rotation at corner in in the bowl game. Now maybe it's just a, a safety net. Maybe you feel sure. a little better for the bowl game having someone with his experience there, and you know, and then you move him back and and he's safety nickel. When you when you get into spring. well, I, I think the verbiage was they're moving to corner next year, starting with the bowl game. Was yeah. what the report said. So I'm anticipating we'll see what it looks like in the bowl game, and then we'll see what it looks like in spring, yeah. and then ultimately we'll see what it looks like in fall. I I, I don't know. I, I wonder if that impacts the messaging at all when you do recruit corners mm-hmm. now, or are they? And it may say more about Kay and Lee. I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, he looked great to me as a true freshman, so I can't imagine that impacts it a ton. But now your safeties with Simpson leaving, I don't know. I mean, it's just... Do you like, do you like Keontae better in the, uh, in the NFL as a corner or safety? Uh, I like him as a inside corner slash nickel at the NFL level. Okay. All right. But to be honest, like I haven't seen him play outside corner a ton. And I know that's what he did most of his life. And that's what he did as a Juco player. And so some of that is just like what I've seen works. He's just so rangy, man. Mm -hmm. And like you want that in the middle of the field, but he's going to be able to move so well and lock down some guys and be physical on the outside. I mean, the skill set translates, right? I mean, it makes sense. But he's just so special being all by himself. 15 yards off the line of scrimmage and feeling out where he needs to go. He's so good at that. And it's really hard to find that in defensive back. So that yeah. that's really why I'm surprised. It's not that he can't play outside corner. I think he'll be great at that. It's just, there's a lot, there's a lot of like it factor mm-hmm. when it comes to how he feels the game. And you want that in the middle of the field, typically. Does it say anything about Donovan Kaufman and his play at at safety in, in the nickel spot that they feel very, very solidified with him in, in that position and maybe somebody else coming in, whether it's the JUCO safety or whether it's one of those freshmen in this class? Yeah, like if a KJ Bolden commits, it makes more sense. Yeah, right, that, that makes more sense. You got to think now that Donovan Kaufman or Caleb Wooden yeah. Is your starting nickel slash star, whatever you want to call it. Zion Puckett stays at safety. And dude, I keep hearing really good things about Sylvester Smith, the yeah. youngster. So 
we'll see. We'll see. I mean, there's going to be, there's going to be a battle there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I love it. It's, it's Tetris time. That's what we just, that's what we call this as the pieces fall into place. You, you see what kind of end result you get. Is we being like you and me, we call it Tetris time or like well, the collective we, what does that mean? I don't know. It can mean whatever you want it to be. Who else has said that other than you? No, nobody else has said that. Got it. It's just right. me. I, ca- I call it as of today. I call, I've never called it that in my life before today. Tetris time. So it's, yeah. I, yeah. I, I like it. I like I, I'm down to be part of that. We, I just, I just had never done it before, but yeah, right. it's Tetris time. So from now on, we call it Tetris time. Okay. That's great. All right. If you want to sponsor the the Tetris time segment on Village Vice, please reach out to us. Look, I've seen some of these bowl sponsorships. There's a famous toastery bowl that's uh, going on as we speak. So we could call it the transfer Tetris time bowl if we want to sponsor one in the future. Hey, what do we need to do for Village Vice to get a bowl game? Pay a lot of money. Uh, Yeah, but is it really that much? No clue. Can we talk to those next round guys about sponsoring? I realize they'd probably make it the next round bowl before they would do a village vice bowl. I, I but, think that's right. But I'd, I'd still like to campaign for it. The village vice bowl. And we do, oh, we do a Manning cast uh, broadcast of it. Just you and me. People would love that. Sure they would. People would love that. Sure and they, they could would. comment. They could comment movies and <laughs> you'll be like, yeah, that movie's great. And I'll be like, I've never heard of it. Yeah. Never yeah. seen it. It's a great idea. All right, let's put this in action for for 2024 bowl season. All right. Okay. All right, you want to talk about Manscaped? I do, yeah, and then I want to talk Auburn basketball. But first, our friends at Manscaped, 20% off and free shipping right now. You still have time before Christmas. I'm very adamant about it, apparently, uh, to get your 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code VICE. That's V-I-C-E, just like Village Vice. Manscaped is the very best in men's grooming. And if you try nothing else, Guys with beards, guys who want to experiment with beards, get the handy compact face shaver, the Handyman uh, 2.0. It is a cinch to use and clean and store. It revolutionizes your your shaving routine. This used to be a pain now to lather it up, use the razor, wipe it down after shave. Like it's just such a pain to go through that process. Now I use the compact face shaver, the Handyman. It's just a little. And it's done, and it's clean, and I'm so much happier. You can get that, or you can get the uh, Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. You can get anything you like right now at manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code VICE. Brad, how surprised are you that Auburn basketball is not ranked in the top 25 in the AP poll? Pretty surprised, and I'm not a big, like, oh, it matters where you're ranked in December. I'm not really a big guy on that, but... Yeah, my gosh, what are we looking at that we don't rank this team? I mean, they're there's they're, someone behind you. Yes, I know she's okay. gorgeous. Right. Uh, Make sure, sure you know she's there. Ken Palm yeah. rating is uh, that's my daughter Lydia making her making her uh, welcome to the show, Lydia. Village Vice debut. Okay, um, yeah, they're like top ten in the Ken Palm ratings. The net rating is high. This yeah, this team has all of the metrics on its side to be a top 25 team. The thing that drives me crazy is when Auburn was in the top five, you know, a few years ago, Yeah, there were those voters that wouldn't move them up because they were like sixth or seventh on Ken Palm. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, all right. But now all of a sudden, Auburn's really high on Ken Palm and they're ignoring that. Like, what are we doing here? 
Well, and what are you watching? All right, so you lost to Baylor in a game in South Dakota way back at the beginning of November. Mm -hmm. And you lost at Appalachian State, which is a top 50 net. That's not a bad loss. And all these other games, they've looked awfully impressive. And again, the stats are on their side. This is a yeah. deep team. Their efficiency is high. Their defensive efficiency and offensive efficiency numbers are both elite nationally. I don't know what we're looking at that we don't rank them in the top 25. I'm not saying they need to be in the top 10. But there's not 25 teams in the country better than Auburn. I know they're just on the outside and, you know, win. Let me ask you this. Let me ask, because I agree yeah. with you. I don't think there's 25 teams in the in college basketball better than Auburn. I 100% agree with you. And this is the whole, like, what is the poll actually doing here? Mm -hmm. But are there is Auburn of the most deserving teams, do you think? Or do you think that the, there, there are 25 more deserving teams than Auburn? Because you mentioned the, the two quad yeah. one teams opponents that Auburn's faced, they've lost them. Yeah. They've lost those. And you and I kind of, I don't know if this was on air or off air, but we were like, okay, who's the third best team that Auburn's played? Well, who's Auburn's best win? And it's probably Indiana, right? Yeah. I guess it's Indiana, neutral site game. But Auburn's resume, like, they're playing well and they're passing the eye test. And once again, I cannot stress enough, I believe they are a top 25 team. I'm just asking yeah. the question here. Sure. But like, do they deserve it? Do they deserve to be a top 25 team based off of their resume? Uh, I mean, yeah, I that's fair, I suppose. I just I I would imagine that's the argument that the voters yeah. are using. That's just a guess. I don't know. Uh, I'm just I'm just trying to read between the lines here. Yeah. Well, I'm looking now at at two and three loss teams that are in. Like Ole Miss is 25. Ole Miss is 10 and 0. Ole Miss has not played a challenging schedule. Uh, their best win, I guess, would be Memphis, which is not a bad win. Memphis is a top 25 team as well. Memphis is number 23 in the in the poll this week. So, um, but that's really that's their best win, and their second best win, I believe, would be way down on that mm -hmm. list. So, um, Wisconsin is an eight and three team. Memphis has two losses. Duke has three. Texas has two. Gonzaga has three. They're ranked 15 at at, at eight and three. Some of this is where you yeah. start. And some of this is, That's true. you know, I, I think a lot of that is where you start. You take a Wisconsin or a Gonzaga, and if they don't start the season ranked as high as they start, would they still be ranked? If Auburn had started the season ranked eighth, let's just say, would they still be ranked after starting the year yeah, with, with these two would. losses? They yeah, certainly sure. would. They certainly would. And I think when Auburn has a few more quality wins, which mm -hmm. that opportunity is not like, super prevalent on for the remainder of their schedule. You know, and they'll play Kentucky, they'll play Alabama, they'll play Arkansas, they'll play Ole Miss and all of those teams. But until they start getting some quality wins, and I think once they get two or three quality wins, they'll look at those quality losses and say, okay, like this is the full body of yeah. work. But right now, if you're an Auburn hater, which once again, I'm not, I'm just asking and posing the point. Yeah. If, if, if you're saying, hey, like anytime Auburn plays a tournament team right now or a top 30 or 40 team in college basketball, they're losing. They're losing. And so I think until they start getting some of those wins, that's going to be the narrative against the Tigers. Yeah, you could be right. But that, but I think that says a lot that to keep them out. I'm with you. I'm with you. You, you kind of have to start with an agenda to keep them out. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, so. they, they should be a top 25 team. I'm just trying to. Trying to like see where they're coming yeah. from. That's the only thing I can come up with. I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. All right. 
I have I think to call that... animal control now, Zach. All right. Sounds good. So bye. That sounds good. Well, okay. Bye-bye. Have a good one. Brad, send us bye. out, brother. We'll do it. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Everyone has vices. Everybody has vices. Make sure Village Vice is one of yours. Oh,